2: Pace with Alex and Alexa Alex and Fauci Alex and Alex, if I put our jacks in the paint How you gon' stop me, how you gon' stop me how We can go head be- to head call out your top three, call out your top three, look at the switch from Dorte. now that boy got three, we got Holly Burton running point, this is the Benedict for the shot, if anybody gon' come in the post, then we got Jalen Smith for the plot, setting the pace, going to the top, setting the pace, going to the top, this is your number one podcast, Sweeping every team, we gon' need a mop, smooth. What is going on everybody, welcome back to another episode here of Setting the Pace, the preseason is over as we get our eyes ready on the NBA regular season, and joining me to do that, you guys know him. He's the one and only, the lovely, the New York Mets, Washington Wizards fan, Michael Mm. J.
3: Pocci. What's going on, brother? Oh, man. Well, Alex, I'm doing great, but do not bury the lead. This is not just any episode. This is our 500th episode, Mm. a true milestone. It's almost comical. I remember making a big deal out of our 100th episode.
2: bro 500 is wild um I still can't believe that we're at that point
3: yeah um, but when
2: I when I was uploading the shows and I saw that it said the next one was going to be 500 I said this is uh this is a pretty big milestone I mean it's it's really cool though to see that we've continued to do this be consistently doing it and I will just say this I probably would have lost interest about two years ago if we didn't get such a great response from all of our listeners and our subscribers to the show
3: absolutely i mean look you don't just you know stumble into 500 episodes people actually have to care first and we appreciate every person that has ever listened downloaded shared any episode of setting the pace because you're the reason why we're still doing this years later and you know i know everyone always says we have the best listeners we have the best fans we truly do because anytime alex and i even like a, a sheer little bit of doubt goes in it's like should we put out another episode? We got someone being like, hey, man, when's that next episode going to drop? Or like, hey, I appreciate the last one. And it just fires us up and keeps us going. So thank you to the listeners. I really appreciate you guys.
2: No, absolutely, Focci. And I think what's really cool is on today's episode, we have a, a, a former Pacer, we can say now officially. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, an NBA veteran, a guy that was here with us in training camp, Flatchy. Langston Galloway is coming on the show and we're going to get his insight on training camp, his thoughts on the future of this team and what he's got going on with his career. So, you know, you hate when you you kind of, I kind of fell in like with what I was seeing from him. And I really enjoyed hearing him talk in in the post practice interviews that they had at training camp and stuff like that. I mean, just a really nice guy. And in our interview with him, you'll tell like he is just super cool. Super nice to talk to. I'm rooting for him like crazy. Focci. I want him to make the NBA again. I want him to continue to develop and, you know, just get a chance to showcase what he can do. But uh, he'll be—we uh, talked about where he's headed uh, in the future, so that's uh, that'll be something we'll talk about there on the podcast interview. But Langston Galloway to help us and in- introduce the 500 episodes, you thats pretty cool.
3: Absolutely. Look, I don't want to spoil too much about the episode, but Langston was a class act who dropped some solid insight on which players have really been impressing. Uh, you know, inside pacer practices as well as just man, what's in store for this young, hungry team. Langston's been on teams that have been rebuilding, teams in the middle of the pack, teams that have been contending. He's seen it all, and I didn't realize he had actually played with a bunch of Pacers from the past between Jalen Smith, Buddy Heald. So, I mean, he's been around, and it just shows three-point shooting. I mean, that that's what he brings to the table. There's always going to be a need for that, and just like you mentioned, I'm going to be rooting for Langston moving on from here because I want to see him back in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, there's always a spot for shooting in the NBA, and I think Langston,
2: you know, not far removed from being in the NBA Finals with the Phoenix Suns. So Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where he's got the experience, he knows what it takes, and I'm sure there'll be a team calling him. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But with that being said, Fachi, I think one thing we need to talk about today is rookie extension deals that were done and not done, one that was not done for the Pacers, Gogo Batadze, I don't think this is a, a surprise to anybody that Gogo was not given a rookie extension deal, but now we know that he's going to be in, uh, entering in free, into free agency this upcoming offseason as a restricted free agent. So uh, joining him, though, Fachi are some pretty big names. Phoenix is Cam Johnson, Charlotte's P.J. Washington, Boston's Grant Williams, and Philadelphia's Matisse Stiebel all will be entering restricted free agency. They did not come to Uh, neither of those players came to an agreement for a rookie extension deal by today. So I think that really does make it interesting for this upcoming free agency class.
3: It really does. And this is a class where the Pacers have a lot of upcoming money to spend. So that's going to be interesting. Cam Johnson, a player who I, I think is on the rise. You look at Phoenix's books. They paid a lot of players, and I just don't know how much extra money is left around for a guy like him. PJ Washington, the man crush within Pacer Nation has been real for PJ Washington. Maybe, you know, that ends up happening over time. I don't know. Grant Williams, a player who, you know, we kind of wish the Pacers took instead of Goga in the draft a few years ago. Matisse Thiebel, really good defender. Overall, the free agency group just got that much better. But I got to say, I scale one to 10 on a surprise factor of the Pacers not extending Goga. Is it anything less than a negative five? Because it would have stunned me if they had.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, you're a thousand percent right on that. I thought that was really uh a no-brainer there. But speaking of a couple guys that did get extensions Fachi, uh, we gotta look at Memphis Grizzlies forward Brandon Clark, four years for fifty two million dollars. That was somebody that we were kind of keeping our eye on if he became sure. available. This is a man that you've loved since he was in the draft. He got a really interesting contract extension. This is Kevin Porter Jr.
3: Always had the man crush. Four Always. years,
2: $82.5 But check this out. Only the first year is fully guaranteed.
3: Whoa, I did not see that detail. Yeah. Now, I'm a known KPJ guy. I did get a text about that earlier saying, your guy got paid from, from another <laughs> friend. But, man, I did not. That's a good contract for the Rockets because – they're in a weird stage right now. If you're only guaranteeing the first year, fully guaranteed, that's a really good, hey, let's wait and see. Because as good of a player as he is on the court, we know there's been some questions off the court. So I do think this is a smart move for Houston getting ahead on it because he is you know poised to break out. They do still have a, a lot of players that aren't you know heavily paid. They have gotten off some guys in the past, like, for instance, uh, Daniel Tice. But, you know, overall, you got a young Jalen Green, a lot of other young guys. So they had to pay someone. I think that's a good deal for the Rockets after hearing that the, only the first year is fully guaranteed. Uh,
2: yeah, that's what I thought exactly. I said, man, that's kind of crazy. I've never seen one where it's yeah. only the first year is fully guaranteed. Like, like that's a football contract. contract. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yep. <laughs> you know, we're thinking the same thing here. So, good for him. But the Portland Trailblazers, they got forward in a little to agree on a $28 million deal for four years. So around $7 million a year for Nasir Little, a guy that's coming off of an injury. So, you know, hopefully
3: Little is able to play well, but there's a lot of buzz around him last year. There really was. I really felt that he started coming into his own. And when we started looking at teams that were, you know, kind of bottoming out and the the Trailblazers were trading a bunch of players, that was someone I had my eyes on. I do think they got ahead on this deal, knowing that assuming that he comes back healthy – $7 $7 million a year in the NBA for a good young player is a steal. So I think that's a good move for Portland as, you know, they're trying to – they're still kind of in between on what they're doing, but they did pay Anthony Simons. Um Obviously, Dame's heavily paid. I thought this was a good value contract here.
2: Oh, yeah, 1,000%. And I, uh, I like Nasir Little. I think there's reason to be interested in him. And, you know, $7 million a year, you think about that, Moving forward, that's not going to be that much money. So no, not at all. That's a that's a big win for them. But with that being said, Fachi, we finally have our 15 man roster finalized. James Johnson gets that last spot, which we kind of speculated would be the case. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, there are 17 players on the roster. The two way deals we got: Kendall Brown and Trevelin Queen. But everybody else, we'll talk about um, because we are going to be doing stock up, stock down today before we bring on Langston Galloway. So. Let's go ahead and just jump right into this, Fachi. before we take our first break, because I am curious, um, well, breaking news as we're talking, Rui Hachimura is also headed to Restricted Free Agency, so another name to add to the list, somebody we both talked about, but stock up, stock down, we're going to go through the Pacers roster, let's start from the top here, Fachi. Tyrese Halliburton, stock up or stock down?
3: It's hard to say stock up, because the Pacers were very safe with what they did with Halliburton. Only played two games, really didn't play that much. They rested him, but by no means is his stock down. So, same. So, stock's kind of there. flat, right, okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, I would, I would probably agree with that, Foch, only because, you know, the first game, he did not look very good, I'll be honest with you. No, he didn't. His defense has been really bad still. That's one thing he's going to have to work on. Uh, I know you gave him some praise when he's on the show, but... Uh, he's got to get better on that end. <laughs> he's got some room it, to
3: grow.
2: Yeah, if not, it's going to it's gonna be a problem for the Pacers because I felt like at times, especially against the Knicks, I think you felt McConnell's presence defensively a little bit more to start the game out with than Halliburton's. But Halliburton's got the size of McConnell, so hopefully he can get better at that. But we'll keep it there. This one should be a slam dunk no-brainer. It might even be a windmill slam dunk. Uh, Benedict Matherin, stock up, stock down.
3: Stock through the roof by, I by mean, I- – I mean, I would say buy now, but you're buying at its highest. I mean, Benedict Matherin's stock right now is just, it's soaring. And this man led the Pacers in points per, and not just led the Pacers, led all rookies in points per game in the preseason. That right there says a lot. But I also feel he's just ahead of where any of us thought he could be at this moment.
2: No, you're 1,000% right about that. Benedict Matherin Through the roof on his stock. I mean, I, uh, you remember the old writer for pacers.com and Conrad Brunner? Yes. Okay. So he, he follows me on Twitter and I was writing about Mather and he said, You're sure optimistic about this guy. I don't like to put too much stock into preseason. Um, he said, Hope you're right. I said, I hope I'm right too. And there is that caveat that it's just preseason. But like, uh, you know, like we've talked about, Mather has just been on fire recently in terms of getting to the basket, getting to the free throw line. Gotta continue to work on his three point shot. It was not good. I think he shot yeah, like it was 15%. Not. He did two of thirteen, something like that from of uh, three in preseason. Hopefully that changes a little bit. But over time, I'm sure he'll figure it out. But let's move on. Chris
3: Duarte, Fachi. I'm, I'm gonna say stock up. And and here's the thing Duarte didn't blow anyone away, but by no means did he look bad at any moment. Actually shot 51% from the field. Um, so I wouldn't say that stock's down. It's definitely not through the roof, but Duarte is just, just rock solid. Yeah,
2: it's it stock up for me, too. You can't say stock down when I don't think he's gotten worse. I think no, the team's better when he's out there on the floor, in my opinion. I know after the first game, people were telling me to you know flip-flop him and healed from Neesmith and Matherin just because huh. they had really good games against the Hornets bench, but I think everybody's going to have good games against the Hornets bench this year. So Oh, yeah uh chris duarte i really like what i saw from him so far and i think if you look like at his per 36 numbers he had some really nice over the overall numbers like if you're talking like 18 19 points a game with six rebounds six assists not gonna play 36 minutes but if you take what he did in preseason with that and find some spot in the middle that's probably where he leans uh jalen smith what do you got for him stock up or stock down
3: this is this is kind of tough. This is kind of tough. Band it off.
2: It's bad news, Five. It, it, it's
3: it's, it's not good. It's stocked down. And this is the, the first real person I'm gonna say stock down for. Look, Jalen had some solid rebounding games for the Pacers, but there was times where you know, offensively it didn't look great. It didn't. And this is a guy that we we're also talking about not just duplicates what he did last year, but looking for him to take a step forward from what he did with the Pacers. And that didn't quite get to see in the preseason.
2: I'm not trying to overanalyze preseason, but from what I've seen between him and Miles, the chemistry is a ways away, and that's understandable because yep. these are the only minutes they play together. So they're going to have to figure things out. I mean, Miles is probably more familiar with playing with another big, where Jalen's probably, you know, not used to guarding fours and being guarded by fours. It's going to be a little bit more challenging for him. We saw flashes of really nice play from him for sure, but I feel like it was. You know, too inconsistent, fouling out in New York in, like, 20 minutes was really a bad sign, too. Uh, had a really nasty fall, like we talked about, after they beat the Knicks at home. Uh, did not return to the game for that one. So, I mean, I just I, – I hate to say it because we're, we're really excited about the future of him, but I feel like so far this experiment with him at the four next to Miles has been pretty underwhelming.
3: It, it definitely has. I mean, very much struggled offensively against Houston, 3 of 10. Uh, against the Hornets, 4 of 11. Uh, so not really what you want to see. Shot the ball much better against the Knicks. But overall, look, I'm happy that he's fine after that that fall. But I can't say that I feel that, oh, my God, Jalen Smith's heading towards a great year just off of the preseason sample size. And that is what we're judging this stock up, stock down on.
2: Yeah, for sure. Let's move on. Isaiah Jackson, uh, what do you got for him?
3: I'm going stock up. Uh look, battle foul trouble. But when he, I mean, or just you're you're questioning, hey, this guy's got to limit his fouls. But at times, and specifically in the first game, Isaiah Jackson looked just like a, just like a powerhouse. I don't know the exact word that you want to use for it, but he was getting up and down the floor, blocking shots, finishing lobs. Overall, I was really encouraged with Isaiah Jackson, but also seeing him. Like as the sixth man on this team was very encouraging to see. Elite shot blocker and an elite
2: lob threat. This young man is playing center and only center, not playing any power forward. Mm-hmm. Zero minutes with Miles Turner. This yeah. is one thing that I actually wanted to see is if they played together, how they looked. Um, but I think part of the problem with doing that is you're gonna have fives guarding Isaiah Jackson and fours will be guarding Miles Turner, and that is exactly what happened when we had Sabonis. So understand why they're not doing that, but I would just like to see them together defensively. I will say stock up as well, but I'm really concerned about him getting into foul trouble early on in the first half. It's something he did twice, I believe If it might've been three times if I'm not mistaken, but at least twice that I know of where he had to come out early in the first quarter because he picked up some quick fouls. Some of it's just bad positioning. Some of it's just being a little bit over anxious to try to get a nice block. So he's going to have plenty of room to grow I'm not worried about that, but I will tell you this. In terms of the pick-and-roll game that he has, oh, my goodness. He mm-hmm. puts so much pressure at the rim by being such an elite lob threat that it it, it makes it easier for guys to get open looks because you can't leave him right? So that is one of those things where I think we're going to see, like, even McConnell, Nimhard, Tyrese, they're all going to be feasting when Isaiah Jackson's out there running the pick-and-roll.
3: Oh, yeah. Look, he didn't play more than 16 minutes in any of the four games, but yet – um had 10 shot blocks, so 10, you know, 10 block shots, okay. uh, in those four games. So that's great shot over 60% from the field, but the foul trouble, that's really what we have our eyes on right over there. So who do you got next?
2: I've got who everybody calls Drew. It's Andrew Nimhardt.
3: I'm going stock up. Uh, yeah. Nemhart. Sure. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> Look, Nemhard at times in the beginning, we really didn't know. Like, ah, oh, look, I-, I can't tell you exactly what his role is going to be. He's another guy that looks just kind of ahead of where fans thought he would be. Obviously, the big game that that sticks out is that comeback win against the Knicks. I mean, where he had 15 points, 9 assists. But he also followed it up against the Rockets with 7 assists. I know he struggled offensively in that game, but overall from a a third-string point guard that the Pacers are moving along slowly, there's definitely a lot to like here.
2: No, I agree with you. I mean, he looked fantastic being that backup point guard for T.J. McConnell. Um, One thing I said on the season preview that is now available on YouTube that I did with Kevin Bowen, it's a YouTube exclusive for my debut show, The Blue and And We were talking about Andrew Nimhardt a little bit. I said if you noticed in the, in the Knicks game on the road, he did get some time in there with Halliburton as a shooting guard. I think he's too talented, Vachie, that they're not going to really keep him out of the rotation very much. So if Neesmith's out with this plantar fascia injury that we're seeing for a while, I won't be surprised if he gets the nod at the two, slide Ben down to the three, and then play Terry Taylor and Isaiah Jackson as the four and the five, and O'Shea sets kind of on the outside looking in still. So that wouldn't surprise me. I think Nimhard really has earned those minutes. And the way he shot the ball, it's been much better than I anticipated. So I feel like it's got to be stocked up for Nimhard with no questions asked.
3: No, that, that's that's very much true. I really do think so. Um, for a guy, I know he was a 31st pick. It, it feels like, because it's, you're talking one pick away from being a first-round pick, but it feels like, oh, well, second-round picks, they always have, like, this stigma around them. Like, no, this man is very talented, and I think that the Pacers are doing it right to not just throw him out there. But to bring him along, definitely stock up.
2: Yeah. And I'll say this like, I was at the Rockets game. So it was kind of cool to be there, even though we gave up 81 points in the first half. That was really that was bad, bad to see. Um, Ty Ty Washington was out there. That's a the guy that I liked. Okay. Me too. You know, good player, but I thought Nimhard looked better than him. So, he did. you know, and that's one of those things where Ty Ty was drafted ahead of him. So you never know. I mean, you're always banging for the upside here. Obviously, Nimhard played a little bit more in college. So, that could be why he fell a little bit, being a little bit older. But regardless, I think he's going to be a nice fit here for the Pacers. Let's move on to the one that everybody loves. This is T.T. Terry Taylor. I, I'll be surprised if you go stock down on this, just because you're going to get some text messages um, mm-hmm. out of fear. You're going to get bullied. But uh, regardless of those, I think it's stock up without question.
3: No, it, it's stock up. And part of that is, look, he didn't. it's not like he dropped – 15 points in a game and and you know there might not be many games that he has that opportunity to but the coaching staff and the players are raving about terry you're gonna hear it from langston galloway we didn't we didn't you know hint at anything he mentioned that terry taylor is someone that has really impressed him we also saw terry taylor's role being a bit more defined than what we thought it would be as we saw him be one of those early subs we saw him as like the second or third guy off the bench in numerous games. So I think that's very encouraging. Uh, you know, shot 70% from the field. I do want to see that three-point ball take a uh, bit of a step forward. Same with Isaiah Jackson we did get to mention on. You know, but overall, stock up for me.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. I uh, I think Tyrese Halliburton – no, I know Tyrese Halliburton said this on the broadcast Friday night. I don't know if you were able to watch that or not, watch, but uh, he joined Chris and Quinn on the call in mm-hmm. the first quarter and talked about the team, and Terry Taylor hit this beautiful floater. And he said, TT don't miss floaters. <laughs> so, Love it. Uh when you're when your best player in the face of your franchise is hyping you up on the broadcast, you know what? We'll say stock up no matter what. Now, let's go to Aaron Niesmith, a guy that we just talked about dealing with plantar fascia, only played really in one preseason game, played a little bit in that first half against the Knicks, but he suffered that plantar fascia injury there. Fachi, we got a stock up or a stock down for Neesmith?
3: Ugh, this might be the hardest one yet. Look, that first game against the Hornets, he looked good. Led the Pacers in scoring. So if we're only going to go off of games that he was healthy, it would have to be stock up. Obviously, that next game didn't look good, but he's hurt. Now we don't know when he's coming back. Could be ready for the opener. Could not. So this one I'm completely torn on.
2: Now, this is where I'm going to stay flat. I'm going to say he yeah. hasn't really improved his stock that much because looking at the Hornets and how they played,
3: that's so bad.
2: That That's a terrible team that's got a they lot got of problems. problems right now. So, yep. you know, and that's not Nismo's fault. He can't control the opponent they're playing. Okay. He just went out there and played ball and he was freaking awesome in that game. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to negate, uh, negate what he did, I want to take away from that. But I do want to say this: the injury stuff has me a little bit concerned, not overly concerned, but plantar fascia is something that always can reoccur. So it's not like something that's just going to go away magically and never come back. More than likely, so I'm just keeping an eye on that. They picked up his rookie, uh, they picked up his fourth year on his rookie contract for next season. So that was not unexpected, but. I will just say this, Aaron Neesmith is going to be staying flat for me on this one, faji until we get to see him play a little bit more. But now let's move over to Goga Batadze, dare I say. Goga oh,
3: Batadze. man, yep, dare I say. You know, right over here, I mean. Love look, the video. Yeah, thank you, thank you. But look, you know, <laughs> Goga looked good against the Knicks in that comeback. He did. But at, at the same point, like. We've just been burned by Goga before in terms of what we know to believe and what, what we don't. Overall, he shot the ball well in preseason. He shot 64%. You know, I mean, I can't say stock down, but base. I mean, I, I guess I can. But <laughs> basically, from what you see of how the coaching staff values Goga, you know not to be excited for this year and Goga's role.
2: Yes, I'll give him a stock up for his play when yeah, he's playing. like –
3: Because he had to come in for
2: Isaiah Jackson a couple times because of foul trouble. Mm -hmm. And uh, he he stayed out of foul trouble. He's a big presence down there. Uh, You know, he could probably be a more efficient rebounder than he is, but he's a shot blocker in in his own way. Like, he's not as athletic as Miles or or Isaiah Jackson. It's not as flashy, but he gets the job done. Uh, I thought he had a nice, you know, run there in the second quarter against the Rockets. I think it was Matherin, Nimhard, Terry Taylor. Langston Galloway and Goga. It was a weird group, but they cut the lead to four. Yeah, Starters came back in and gave it away. So I thought Goga played well in those minutes. Um, so I'm going to give him stock up for now in terms of his preseason play, but it doesn't mean I'm invested in him long-term for the
3: season. No, if you just watched Goga in the preseason and you did not watch the previous three seasons you'd be like oh man like what's this guy's deal he seems pretty good uh so I, I would say based off of just that you would have to say stock up so i'm with you on that
2: all right this one should be a quick win daniel ties
3: man i mean just that stock is like underneath your shoe i mean it is it is on the floor So Daniel Tice, the man, the myth, the legend, I I still, I assume he's real because we've seen a couple photos, almost like Bigfoot-like photos where you're like, wow, he is wearing a Pacer jersey. But there is nothing to make you believe that this man is going to be contributing this season to the Pacers.
2: Yeah, you feel bad for Daniel Tice, obviously, being dealt here. We talked with Scott Agnes. He did not want to be dealt here. He was on a championship-level team and then comes to one of the bottom teams, if not the worst team in the Eastern Conference. So I get why he's not loving it, but at the same time, Fachi, think about this: didn't have to play one minute of preseason. Is getting rest, and he's getting paid eight million dollars a year to not have to play. How can not you say stock gig. down on that?
3: I mean, yeah, in his in his life, his uh, his uh, dollar per sweat drop has never been better. You know, this man uh, doesn't have to break too much of a sweat on the court, and he's getting paid, but. At the same point, you know, it's not making us feel that great about what he's bringing to the table this year other than a couple high fives here. No,
2: you're right. It's a little bit out of sight, out of mind, too, for Daniel Tice, and I think that's not going to help his stock at all. So it is a stock down, unfortunately. But I will say this. When when we saw Benedict Matherin have that huge windmill dunk, it was great to see the entire bench stand up and clap. And I know that Daniel Tice got kind of left out from a high five there from Matherin as he was walking to the bench. And everybody kind of brought it up, but if you look at the angle again, there's no way Matherin saw him. Somebody was in front of him, so not going to worry about that. I just like the fact that he's engaged and he's, you know, being a true veteran, uh, being a pro, despite being on a team that, you know, he's he's not probably enjoying.
3: <laughs> this is where people come for that hard-hitting evidence of Alex has watched the film, Matherin did not see Tice. Did not mean to stiff him. Alex, I appreciate you clarifying that. For
2: well, things. somebody somebody pointed it out. I said, well, Halliburton was kind <laughs> of in the way. So you kind of give him some slack. Yeah. It's like, let's, you gotta. let's keep kicking ties while his dad. It's exactly. Too uh, let's Respect. move on to Miles Turner, Fox. You stock up or stock down?
3: Look, I could catch some heat for this. I don't know. But I thought the stock would be higher seeing Miles mm. as the, like the lone center. And I didn't quite get to see that. Now, Turner, I think, kind of See, I know look, you're not going to judge preseason numbers big time, but it was good to see what he did against the Rockets in terms of the three blocks going five for seven. But overall, I mean, against the Knicks, there was a game where, you know, over four from the field, three of seven against the Knicks, three of eight against the Hornets. I thought I would have seen a little bit more, but at times Turner looked like an improved rebounder, I would say, in the limited sample size. So I'm going to say stock down because I can't say stock up, but yeah. you, you could have an argument for it staying
2: Neutral. Yeah, I think it's probably more neutral than anything. Um it, It's hard to say stock down because he didn't play a second half. It, yeah, of two of the games, he actually. I think he had. Did he finish with fifteen points or more he than did. that? In Friday, that was
3: fifteen. It, it, yeah. it was definitely his best showing offensively, for sure.
2: Yeah, and there was just. I mean, I, I give him credit because he almost got put on a poster by Jalen Green. <laughs> so, <laughs> could have been. Uh, too bad, yeah. I, I, I feel bad for him because honestly, like the perimeter defense from this team is just bad. Um, yes it's really bad. And if you go back and watch any of the film, you can just see like they're switching a lot of stuff. And when they switch that leads to mismatches and then there's no communication. And then the guy's leaving a guy open and that guy can either shoot the wide open three or drive to the basket. And then miles kind of has to be that cleanup guy. I mean, it's not nearly as, you know, as bad as it once was when we were super unathletic, but at the same time, it's just like, these guys are so young. They're not really getting themselves in the right position. So you know, for for miles overall, I think it's a neutral. I, I can't say that he's gotten any any worse. I can't say yeah. that he's gotten really any better either. I, I think that's off, where I'm at. What?
3: That's where I'm at right there. Yeah. just like I did not see something here that said, oh, oh man, just wait for the regular season. You know, it was kind of like a oh, man. Like a, I kind of thought he would. You know, I don't know. Bring a little bit more to the table without Sabonis there. But look, we got to take all of this with a grain of salt. Most nights. He played below 20 minutes. But yeah. one question for you. Is there any little bit of doubt at all? He went one of eight from three in the preseason. A little bit, but a lot of it's just like he's getting.
2: It could them. be rust. It could, could be, be rust. rust, and that's what I was going to bring up. He's coming back from that injury. This is the first time we got to see him. So
3: Since January. I mean, yeah. it had been a while. I, I'm giving him the benefit of doubt over here. And I know it's just one three, but if he had gone over eight, then all of a sudden, I'm starting to get a little like, whoa, man. Like, why? Really? makes that big of a difference for I you. I mean, look, there's something about going wow. 0 for 8. That just sounds like a, whoa, what kind of turn are you getting? 1 for 8, it's not good. But to see the ball go in and then have them go just 1 for 2 for 3 against the Rockets, it's like, okay, yeah, no, no, we're good here. Don't worry about it. Don't look into it. 0 for 8, I don't know. Yeah, That's I'm I'll – I'll, I'll,
2: I'm keeping an eye on how he plays in the regular season, how many minutes he gets, what the rotation looks like, because they were definitely trying to get some of these younger guys in there for more minutes down. and that kind of thing. So we'll we'll monitor that moving forward. We got a few more here, Fatcha. We'll do a little bit quicker. Buddy healed, stock up or stock
3: down. I'm gonna say stock down. Uh here's a, here's the thing over here. It's not even oh so much about what Buddy did, because Buddy did still shoot forty percent from three. It's about the play of Ben McMathrin. I mean, Mathurin looked so good that all eyes now turn to Buddy. And it puts a little bit of the pressure on to say, like, hey, man, we got a, an absolute stud in the making right behind you. And that anything less than, than you know, real good play just feels like an hourglass that's been turned over. That sand is is running down right yeah. now on Buddy Healed.
2: I agree with you, that point, but at the same time, I don't think it really impacts me for my stock up, stock down with Matheron. For me personally, it's just he hadn't shot the ball well. He shot the ball well against the Rockets, I believe it was. Yeah, Probably his best nine. game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the only game I felt like he was super efficient. But watching him on defense, oh, it's bad. It yeah, is real bad. Literally. And it's like you can't ignore that. And, you know, it, it's just kind of frustrating a little bit to me uh, just to, like, see some of the way he does on the switches. It's just like – he just lets a guy go right by him at the time. So uh, he's he's a great shooter. We know that, Fachi. But mm-hmm. not been incredibly impressed with him overall. But at the same time, I think you kind of know what you're going to get with Buddy Healed. And your point's fair about Matherin kind of being on, on his heels in terms of being a, in that starting position. But I think Buddy knows it's probably not going to be a long-term fit here. So no. is he fully bought in? I'm not sure. But I did like what he had to say at practice today. Uh, I think Tony East had this uh, quote up. He said that him and Halliburton are competing for the most dunks. And he's up by one right now. So keep an eye on
3: that. Interesting. No, I mean, look, I I think Buddy's having a lot of fun. I think he's having more fun than he did in Sacramento. And I think the guys like him. I've I've heard nothing but good things from his teammates. But overall, I mean, it it just definitely feels like we know this relationship's going to be coming to an end at some point. And I don't think Buddy has looked overly great to the point of saying, hey, maybe the Pacers keep him. I don't think that conversation's happened.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, T.J. McConnell.
3: I'll say stock up. Uh, Here's the thing. It could go either way here. I I felt good when McConnell made that three. Then I felt awful when he airballed the next. But at times it felt like this. Yeah, no, he did. So it shows that, look, he's been working. He's never going to be like a 40% three point shooter. It's never going to happen. He did actually go two for three. I'm looking at it right now in the preseason from three. So that could give you some wild belief. But overall, we saw that McConnell is getting back to being McConnell. I had a couple games uh, where he had six assists, one turnover. Take that all day. So overall, I mean, what do you want to say? I guess stock the same. He, he's He's back to who he was.
2: No, I would say stock up, but I'll say nah, part of to what Carlisle said too before the season. Now, you didn't hear this it was on JMV. Uh, you know, JMV has been on our podcast before. He hosts a radio show mm-hmm. here in Indiana from three to six. Carlisle was on the show, and JMV asked him, you know, about McConnell, and he basically said, McConnell's been our best player in training camp. Okay. Uh, okay. That's high praise from Carlisle to say that. Halliburton talked about how he was sick and tired of TJ McConnell guarding him in practice, but he said, Love it. McConnell pushes him to be better and they talk about the coaching in the future and all that stuff would not surprise me if he's an uh, eventually an assistant coach for Rick Carlisle. So
3: uh, depending
2: on Carlisle coaches that long, we'll see. But uh, I say it's stock up for McConnell only for, you know, he does what he does and we know that. So you don't have to worry about that. And he's just such a positive, positive energy for this young group. So giving him stock up, let's move on. James Johnson, Fauci.
3: Stock up or stock down? I, I mean, what a question. You know, honestly, <laughs> like, I, I don't know if I could say his stock's up. I guess I could. Made the roster. That's stock up so, for me. Well, yeah. Okay, sure. Yes. The, the man's stock is up because he did make the roster. I feel like this is just strictly just being a veteran overall. So I don't think his stock could be down. Otherwise, he he wouldn't be on the team. So, yeah, sure. Stock up. Okay, let's move on. Kendall Brown. I'll go stock up. I'll go stock up. Oh, I here's can th- easily stock up. It's it, it stock up because here's the thing Kendall Brown never looked bad. Like at times it was like, it looked like he wasn't really maybe contributing that much, but it never looked like, my God, like get this guy off the court. His mm. Rockets game solidified the, the stock up for me because I felt like in that game he actually did bring you know something to the table over there i mean three three for four got to the free throw line hit both free throws had two blocks had a steal had two assists didn't turn the ball over that's just a positive influence over there and on a guy that we knew hey he's probably not going to see the court that much now all of a sudden it's like oh look if he saw the court it wouldn't be like a oh my god what are we doing here tonight it would be valuable experience he's got a long way to go offensively But I do think that he will be able to, you know, guard in this league and have other things. But I don't know if he'll ever be this, you know, over the top talented offensive player in this league.
2: No, I think of the Brown, definitely a stock up for me. I think he got better every game. And Mm -hmm. that's something that I want to see from a young player like that, starting to realize like, okay, I can do this. I could do that. I can't do this. I felt like his length on the defense was really nice. There's times when he got out of position, for sure, it's part of being a rookie, but you know, you feel nice. It feels nice just seeing a wing-level player out there, right, guarding on the perimeter, being able to switch, that kind of thing. I will say this. I was uh, – when I talked with Tony East about the first two preseason games on Locked on Pacers, uh, one of the things that he did that really kind of like just showed me, okay, this is part of being a rookie. He's going to have to learn this. He shot a three from the top of the key and like ran in to try to get the offensive rebound, and that's when Obi Toppin leaked out to get that between-the-legs dunk Fachi. If mm-hmm. Kendall Brown just gets back, that dunk probably doesn't happen, but he was a little bit too over aggressive, And I think since then you saw him kind of just grow, continue to grow as a player. And there's other things he obviously can work on, but I, I still think for him right now, it's got to be stocked up just because, you know, late or middle of the pack, second round pick, right? So yep, one of those things where it's like, okay, uh, you know, probably going to be playing, playing a lot of time in the G League. We'll see if he plays much with the Pacers, but uh, I think that'll happen more later in the season. Now let's move on to the other two-way guy, Trevelin Queen. We did not get to see him play in the preseason, but uh, we'll quickly stock up
3: or stock down. Stock up. Hey, he's with the boys now. I mean, <laughs> I, I I love uh, I love his background. I also do. Just I, I said it before. I think this two-way you know contract move with Trevlin I I think is a higher upside two-way player than what we've had in the past. So I'm excited for him, and honestly, I wanted to see him in preseason.
2: Yeah, uh, a little bit of a bummer that we didn't get to see him in preseason, but, you know, he's getting paid from the 76ers, and now he's getting paid from the Pacers. So definitely a stock up, Fachi. That wraps up our stock up, stock down. Uh, are we Are we good to move Ooh, on?
3: No, it does not. There is one man that you did not mention. That oh, I must Roshay have forgot like Rick Carlisle. And that says a lot. If we're I forgetting did it on purpose. I long. did it on purpose. All
2: right, I did not know.
3: but I, I forgot know. about
2: him like Rick Carlisle.
3: I think the answer over here is going to be unanimous. It's got to be stocked down. It who said, is that again? Yeah, exactly. It's sad. No, who is me, it? O'Shea?
2: O'Shea Brissett. Because I was talking over you when you said his name. So I'm oh, not sure. Yeah,
3: no, that. no. It, it's O'Shea Brissett. I mean, <laughs> look, I wouldn't be surprised if you're like, I really don't remember this man. Who is he? You know, But O'Shea, it, it's rough. The minutes were hard to come by. Overall, only shot three of 12 from the field in which you really wanted to see someone kind of remind the coaching staff of, hey, you know, this is who I am. He did have eight rebounds in a game against the Knicks, which was encouraging to see, but there is no other way around it. It does not feel like O'Shea is someone that is in the overly great graces of the coaching staff.
2: Yeah, no, it's it's totally a stock down. I, I was jokingly uh, leaving O'Shea off the list just to see if he would say something <laughs> about me forgetting him, and I wanted to pull that one-liner about Carlisle, but... I listed all the players on Twitter, and I put him as the last one before I put the two-way guys because it just kind of feels like where he's been at. And I, I mean, I know there's some fans who are just like over the O'Shea conversation. They think that O'Shea is overrated. Some fans don't understand at all why O'Shea is not getting playing time and or, or not being consistently in the rotation. Um, I'll say this. Um, it makes sense why wow, they're not. We've talked about this, but I'll definitely say stock down. It's a bummer for me because I believe in O'Shea. But where he's at and his status for the team, like when he's played, he's been in some of the lineups that have brought the team back. So it's not like he's actually been horrible in preseason, but I just feel like you can't say stock up when you're seeing James Johnson, Kendall Brown, get Lynxon Galloway, get minutes over him.
3: I know. I know. that, that That's true. I mean, there's definitely been some alarming uh, situations that we've seen minute-wise over him, but... Overall, it, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, but it, it's unanimous across the board. Feels like 10 out of 10 people would say stock down.
2: Yeah, no, no doubt about it. So now we are officially done with stock up, stock down. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to have a one on one, or I guess you could say a two on one conversation with the one and only Lynx and Galway.
0: We'll be right back after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all
3: Ladies and gentlemen of Setting the Pace, we now welcome on the three-point sniper himself, NBA veteran and founder of the Ethics shoe brand, Langston Galloway. Langston, what's going on?
1: All right, all right. Thank you guys for having me on. I'm excited excited to talk about, you know, the upcoming
3: season and talk about the brand, so it's good. It's good. Absolutely. Look, Langston, from undrafted to an initial 10-day contract to all rookie second team. Roughly eight NBA teams pit stops in the G League in, be- in between. Each time they count you out, you get back up and keep going forward. Look, when was that work ethic instilled in you and that chip on your shoulder? Uh, it's it's
1: always been there. Uh, you know, being six one, six two. They list me at six one. They got guys that list at six two that are shorter than me. So, you know, it's it's always been there. It's always been there. You know, never t- never the tallest, never the fastest, never the the strongest. But you know, just just the the underdog in me. I've always been underdog. I've always fought uh each and each and every day, scratching claw, trying to find a way to, you know, make a career out of this. And uh, you know, I'm just, just enjoying what I love and, and continue to do what I love. So it's, it's been great. And uh I'm just, just enjoying the journey. Enjoying the journey.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I know we talked about this off air and you know it was a little bit difficult uh, you know, not making the final Pacers roster here. But with that being said uh, I'm just curious, what's next for you? What are you looking forward to doing? Is there something on the plate for you there that, that you're going to be taking, or or is it just kind of waiting and seeing?
1: Yeah, yeah, Now I'm going to um, uh, take, well, I guess you say, my rights are still owned by the uh, Atlanta Hawks uh, G League team, the Skyhawks. So I'm going to go back to uh, College Park this upcoming, um, you know, start of the season, you know, just just continue to go out there and kill and, um, and you know, see what's next, see what when I can get a call up or – 10-day, whatever, whatever the case may be, and uh, and just be ready. Be ready for, you know, what, what's my next
3: situation. Yeah, you know, Langston, the three of us, we're all actually the same age. We're all 30 years old, but, you know, you started in the G League. It's come a long way since. Can you talk about how the G League has changed over the years? Yeah, no, nah, it's, it's definitely changed. And,
1: and, you know, no offense to Fort Wayne, Indiana, but I had a – Terrible experience in Fort Wayne,
3: Indiana.
1: Uh, <laughs> the, the away team, when I was in Westchester, uh used to stay in a motel, and, uh, like, you walk in, it was like, it was just one of those bad situations. And uh, and I remember telling myself then, you know, that was eight years ago or well, nine years ago now, uh, like, man, I never want to come back. And, uh, you know, I've been back. This will be my third stint uh, in the G League, but, it's, just, it's been a journey um, to, to see how it's, it's transformed from the D-League at the time to now the G-League, and uh, guys are getting paid a little bit more money. Uh, situations have changed when it comes to, you know, now you have two ways. You have a lot of uh, uh, extra capital coming in from the G-League at night. So it's, it's it's pretty cool to see, you know, how the league has kind of transformed and uh, continue to grow. But, you know, you got to find, find your way, find your niche, and uh, and, and just keep pushing, keep pushing.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's totally cool to see how you're so positive with these young players of the Pacers. I saw some of your interviews after practice, that kind of thing. And you got some playing time in there in that last game against the Rockets with that second unit. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, playing for Rick Carlisle, talking with him, what kind of coach is he? And, you know, how was your relationship with Coach Carlisle?
1: Oh, It was great. It was a great opportunity to, you know, get a chance to teach the young guys as much as I could while I was there, um, just to... uh, Find ways to you know be that 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 voice in, in a lot of the young guys' ears, a lot of confidence that you know it's going to be needed over the, the span of this season. Uh, a lot of experiences that they'll they'll run into that you know I've been been a part of in my career, and and uh, you know things that you, you never see coming. A lot of guys will run into the wall, you know, the rookie wall at some point, and. And with a younger team, you you, you have a lot of uh, a lot of hard practices, so a lot of guys mentally fatigued and diff- different things like that. So with with Rick being there, I think it's it's, it's uh, on up and up. I think he, he's a a great leader uh, to to push the young guys in the in the right direction. And uh, funny funny always uh, charismatic for for you know the different personalities and the egos on the team. So. Um, I, I think it's uh it's, it's going to be a lot of growth. It's going to be a lot of bumps in the, bumps in the road. But uh, I, I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, how they continue to grow. And I'll be, pushed, be, be cheering those guys on throughout the year.
3: You know, Link, so you've been on teams all different aspirations. I mean, some rebuilding teams, some middle of the pack, even some title contenders. What's the vibe with this Pacers team that while they're really young and being counted out by many, you know, other than themselves, I mean, you got to believe it and – no, no team ever has the actual desire to tank. So, can you tell everyone that this team? I mean, the vibe that's going in day in day out with them.
1: Yeah, no. Nah, I mean, everybody's coming in working hard, uh, which is great. That's 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 number one. You got to have everybody kind of dialed in, everybody locked in on, hey, how do we get better each and every day? That's you know that's number one. And then secondly, the chemistry. If you don't have chemistry as a young squad, uh, I mean, it's going to be a lot of a lot of long nights. Uh, but this team for some reason, somehow, I mean, with all ages, all over the place, like, you know, you have a lot of, lot of personalities that are trying to figure things out, but um, I I think it's going to be a great opportunity for them to continue to build that, that that core chemistry. You know, you have the buddies, you have uh, Tyrese, you have miles, like those three kind of coming together, figuring out a way to kind of push everybody and elevate everybody. I think that that's going to really, uh, Help, like you know Ben and and, uh, and Andrew, uh, just really, really, you know, showcase uh, you know who they are and and, and uh, you know how long their career
2: can go. Yeah, I I'm, mean, I'm, we already saw in preseason how these guys play, but we didn't get a chance to see behind the scenes in practice. So, uh, can you take me back to practice and maybe give me a guy or two that really stood out to you in terms of work ethic and some of that? You're like, okay, they're going to be a really nice player.
1: Uh, Andrew Nimhart was really good, uh, his pace, um, you know, being able to change pace, being able to get downhill, get in the lane, make plays for other guys, uh, shooting ability, uh, he had a really good, really good training camp, um, Ben, another one had a really good training camp, uh, but, you know, it, it kind of just, when you see guys have good training camps and, and practices, it always carries over and, and you, and you can see, uh, you know, how, how the, their hard work they've been in the gym early in the morning, late night, when, when I was in there, uh, late night getting, getting shots up, getting my work in, like they were always in there with me. Uh, another guy that, you know, is going to really have another showing out season, uh, TT, uh, uh he, he's going to have a really good year. Taylor, he, he's going to, uh, continue to, you know, prove a lot of doubt, prove a lot of doubters wrong. Like his jump shots really come a long way. And, you know, his athleticism is through the roof. So, um, he, he's, he's really going to be another one that's going to be, um, you know, showing out a lot of nights, you can be like, man, this guy got 10 rebounds, 10 points. <laughs> and it's just like, man, like he's you know, he's six five, you know, just bully down there. So uh, I'm excited
3: to see, you know, see him show up. Love me some TT. But you know, there's yeah. also a couple of players you played with before. I mean, you and Buddy Heel go back to your days with the Pelicans and Kings. Uh, yep. but then also Jalen Smith. You played with a rookie Jalen Smith in Phoenix, a guy who, despite being the 10th overall pick, is having a hard time getting off that bench. How much has Jalen's game grown since you last saw him or played with him as a rookie? It,
1: it's, it's really, uh, it's really all, about, it's been all about like confidence. Um, you know, as a rookie coming on to a team that literally went from, all right, we're just here just to try to figure out how we can kind of, you know, build towards the next, you know, next playoff run to, all right, now we've become a title team. And so, you know his his minutes were kind of sparing, like he had opportunities here and there to play, but uh, you know the belief system wasn't there, um, and, and especially for himself, like he wasn't you know so much believing in what he can do and playing against you know other pros. So I think just the 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 culmination of like hey second year really growing uh, got opportunity didn't get traded, you know not knowing the situation in Indiana and then really get a chance to play showcase. And just go out there, and just have fun, and um, and that's what I've been preaching to them all. You know, all training camp, like, hey, look, don't worry about making missing shots, whatever the case may be. You, it's it's, it's your opportunity to go out there and just play. And uh, you know, I think Rick's really been on him and, and trying to push him, and you know, all the coaches, all the players are just trying to find ways to continue to encourage him. So uh, his 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 roof, his ceiling is is, is really high, and uh, you know, I'm excited to see him continue to grow his game this upcoming season too.
2: When you look at the teams that you guys played in preseason, they all played different styles, you know, the Hornets, the Knicks, and the Rockets. And even though Tyrese didn't play the last two games, what was one of the big things you saw in terms of a positive for this Pacers young team in the preseason that you think can carry over into the regular season?
1: Um, I mean, number one, like, playing that last game against the Rockets, like, you, you can kind of tell the first game, you know, our, our pace was was there everybody was kind of figuring it all out, trying to see, hey, how, how can we fit in together, uh, you know, first game, played well that game. Second game, uh, second and third game, we kind of shot the ball okay, not not the best. Um, and then the fourth game, still like, you know, hit or miss. Like we, we, we never really shot the ball really well, but uh, from the standpoint of like the, the growth is really there because you have a lot of guys, you know, in the gym, like I said, late night, early mornings, getting shots up, you know, working on the game. Um, and then also, too, like, when, when you go out there trying to play at a faster pace, trying to understand that, uh, especially for a lot of a lot of young guys coming together, like, trying to, not trying to go out there and hit home runs, like, hey, I'm going to go out here and go one on five. Like, you know, that's, that's not going to really be the necessary, like, kind of building of, like, how the Pacers are going to become a better team. It's like, hey, you got to move the ball side to side, get great looks, and, and play defense. Those, those would probably be the the, the the key like core strengths for for the Pacers this upcoming season. And seeing how they they can uh, can continue to grow and and um, hey take a lot of lumps, but also too hey try try to win as many games as they can to see hey where we end up.
3: Absolutely, I'm really excited for you know the the further experience for guys like Tyrese Halliburton, who's being able to step into a role as a leader over here, but also. You know, Benedict Matherin, I mean, you guys had the best seat in the house as to seeing his career start to unfold this year in preseason. I mean, Matherin, I counted, it was five or six and ones that he converted in the preseason. I mean, what do the Pacers have on their hands in Benedict Matherin, the sixth overall pick this year?
1: Yeah, no, nah, he, he's going to be a problem. He, uh, he really can get in a lane that really, anytime he wants to, like he... When he gets the ball, he you know, he's kind of like a I, – I call, I call him a, a fullback. He he literally – he runs into the guys and, and knocks guys over. And, and, you know, next thing you know, you're looking up and it's an and one or mm-hmm. he's going to the line. So uh, he, he he really uh, exploits that. I mean, he uses his strength in the right, you know, right position and right situations to attack the basket. So, uh, you know, you're going to see him a lot at the line this year. And, uh, he, he made a, I mean, I, I don't even think he, he might have missed maybe one free throw if that. Uh he made a lot of free throws. So um that's that's really gonna help his game translate, you know, when he's having a rough night shooting the ball, and, uh get to the line, get some free throws, get his confidence back going and and it's gonna continue to carry over and continue to you know, propel him into uh, you know, I, I think he should he should be, you know, on an all rookie team as so I don't know, first, second team, whatever the case may mm-hmm. be, but he, he should definitely be on that on that team. I mean, we're hoping for
2: Rookie of the Year for him. Oh, we?
1: yeah. There you go. I mean, I, I I can't speak for all that. I just, you know, first, second team, whatever the case will yep. be, he'll fall in the right place.
2: No, oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm just saying that's what we want, right? We want to see him reach the top, right? But
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I mean, stat-wise, I think he had seven and ones in the preseason. I think he was 23 of 27 from the free throw line overall. So yep. really high percentage there, and you love seeing that because that's something the Pacers team has really missed. And when they dealt Sabonis, I mean, I guess just kind of go back to that. I mean, I as just a fan of the NBA, when you saw the Pacers kind of head into a different direction, it's something that they've been talking about, you know, since they acquired Halliburton last year and Matherin in the draft, going in a new era of Pacers basketball where they're trying to develop young guys and not be this competitive team that they've been for the past, you know, three to four decades. Um, how has that kind of felt? I mean, in terms of the front office and the organization. Uh, how has that been in terms of you being able to experience that from afar, I guess, uh, and up close at the same time, because you were playing against these teams for a long time. They were always really competitive and now they're transitioning into this team. That's, you know, more than likely going to be at the bottom of the Eastern conference. And I'm not sure if that's the, what you guys have been talking about at training camp, but I definitely know that, that it's been kind of open. That's going to be a year of growth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Growth. Um, you, you, you never want to say, oh, man, we got we to go out here every night and lose games. Like, no, like, come out there and compete, compete your butt off every night and, uh, you know, let the cards fall when they may fall. I mean, and, and that's where a lot of uh, situations are going to, you, you know, be the toughest things. Like, when, when you're a younger team in this league, you really have to figure out, all right, how do we finish off games? And, and you know, I've been on, you know, every spectrum team that you can think of and, that's always the hardest thing like when you you see teams like they play so hard all game long and then right at the end you're like man what happened like I thought they were gonna win that game and it's like they, they find a way like I don't know somehow some way they, they lose but that that's what it really comes down to like that that veteran leadership and 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 being able to learn from those experiences because that's that's the only way you can kind of find find a way to to win in this league is like you have to like you know when it when it's down to what they call, uh, you know, for for no boys allowed, you know, the the, the minutes that really matter, like that's when you know you are gonna see, you know, who 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 has them and who doesn't. So uh, that's that's what's what uh, really gonna come down to.
3: I like it. I like it. Something that you are very familiar with, three point shooting. I mean, look in your last two seasons where you played a substantial amount of games, you're shooting forty one percent from three. So yep. we know that you know you can let it stroke from from deep. uh but this Pacers team also has. A bunch of really good shooters. I mean, you got your Chris Duarte, you got Tyrese Halliburton, you got Buddy Healed. But in your opinion, there's you one shot to take at the end from three. Who are you going with on the Pacers? Uh, you talking about before? I, like while I was there, while I'm
2: not there. just <laughs> oh. You know, oh, okay. I like that. I like
1: that.
3: Okay, <laughs> say we aren't going with yourself because okay, you gotta okay. believe in got yourself, you. and you. that uh, is extremely important. Man. But between <laughs> maybe t- those t- three or someone I'm missing. That's, that's tough.
1: Oh, you got you got Aaron as well. Aaron Naysmith is another really good knockdown shooter. Um, man, that's tough. Uh, just because I'm very familiar, and he was in the in the lab with me a lot of nights. Uh, this up this preseason, I'm, I'm gonna go, buddy. I'm gonna go, Buddy Hill. <clears throat> buddy Hill. I'm gonna go, with my
3: guy. A quick follow up on that. Buddy leads the NBA in threes made over the last few years, but has never talked about. You know, talked with the greats of this current game in terms of three point shooting. You think yep. he slept on from three? Uh,
1: I won't say slept on. I think that more so, it's 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 about the situation, what team you're on. Um, yeah. you know, Fair when enough. you're on teams that you know don't get the job done, don't get to the playoffs, the the limelight not, not is never on you. So that that's why I feel like you know, if if some miraculous way the Pacers make it to the playoffs, hey, he'll get a lot of light, get a lot of light on him. I mean, he ended up winning, the, you know, the three point contest last year. Um. But, you know, the team just didn't, you know, become successful after that. So hopefully, you know, find a way uh, this season uh, to, to, to get up some light.
2: For sure. And um, I was going to ask you because, you know, when I hear you speak, I can just tell you're so well connected and, and you really see the game well and, and you're just really knowledgeable. Is coaching in your future?
1: <laughs> a lot of people have said that. I have never thought about it. Okay. Um, it's, it's, if it's there, it's there. I yeah. don't want to never – uh say never never want to yeah. say never but you know I, I i haven't thought about it it hasn't crossed my mind so you never know i've, I've done broadcasting i've done a number of podcasts and a number of uh interviews uh kicking it kicking it with lg I, I've, I've done that um you know on
3: my my uh
1: my podcast as well so you never know you never know we'll see we'll see what happens
3: you know, it sounds like you got a lot going on over there, but one of the things that that definitely is near and dear to you, shoes. I mean, yep. calling you a sneakerhead doesn't feel like it does justice because I've seen a video of your collection. I yep. mean, there is a lot going on over there, but to take it one step further, you launched your own sneaker brand, Ethics. Yep. Can you tell yep. our listeners more about that brand, where we can find the shoes, everything that you got going on over there?
1: Yeah, nah, it's, uh, You know, black owned uh, startup company that myself, my wife started and uh, we're just excited. We are really excited about the, the kind of the, the steps that we're taking in the right direction. Um, you know, we're on shoe number one, um, ethics to brand dot com. Ethics is the shoes, what they're called. Uh, we're on the LG ones right now, which is, you know, my name. The first first edition. Uh, I'm excited about, you know, what's what's to come. Um, you know, I've had a lot of inquiries about, you know, what what, what do you have going on? What's the next shoe? What, what what are you thinking? How how can we, you know, get a part be a part of this and the third. So we have a ton of uh, you know, schools that are that are really interested in in, in joining the brand. So we're working on a lot of uh partnerships with those those type of schools. Um we're working on some brand ambassadors that you know is, is in the near future and um and then myself like just you know, being able to wear the shoe, wear my own shoes on the court, like that's everything. You know, I'm an underdog. The shoe is all is being an underdog. You know, it's all about being an underdog. So, we we only, uh, you know, want you to be in the shoes if you're if you feel like you're an underdog. If you feel like you you know you've been counted out your whole life, you, you're different. It's me. Hey, that's what it's that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. That's that's ethics. That's your ethics. So, uh, I'm excited about you know how we we just continue to grow and uh, and more and more people hear about it, hear about the brand.
2: Yeah, now that's another reason why you probably won't be coaching either, because you got your own business <laughs> going too. So, uh, best yes. of luck to you with that, man. I'm sure it's going to do great. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm wishing you nothing but the best this year. I think there's going to be an opportunity for you, because you know, we talked about your three point shooting, and that's so key in today's NBA. Everybody needs shooters, and you can't have enough of them. So, uh, I got to ask. We know Rick Carlisle uh, instituted the bell, ringing the bell. At yep. practice, we'd hear it going off during practice. Uh, in the interviews, but how many times did you ring the bell? Was it every day? Oh, uh, I hit what eight, eight out of nine. Well, we only did it a,
1: a couple of days, um, you know, after practice. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I was, I was on top of the leaderboard while I was there. It was me and Tyrese were the top two dogs. So that's all I can say. I, I can't, you know, I can't say if I was the top dog or not. I was just, I was up there with, you, you know, up there with the other dogs.
2: <laughs> were you, were you talking smack to Ben?
1: Uh, I you know I I let him I let him live. We shot at the same basket, so you know some days he had rough days, some days he had good days. So you know I, I you know I let the I let my rook live, man. I let him live, man. So uh, <laughs>
3: just just keep working
1: on your game, baby. Keep working on your
3: game. Hey, I, I love that. Uh, I I figured we transition over to some rapid fire questions. First thought that goes through your head, I'd say under three seconds. Uh, first question: favorite arena to play in in NBA? The Garden. Come on, baby.
1: Okay, the Garden. Okay. All right. Well, well, well I'm sorry. Gonna... I'm sorry. They got two. They got two gardens. Madison Square Garden. I know everybody says TD Garden, but
3: you know. we know what you mean by the garden. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, what's the best jersey in the NBA? Oh, Uh You
3: know what? I'm gonna go with the Spurs
1: jersey. They got. They got like their old school jersey uh, with the with the teal. That's that,
3: that, okay. that, one was tough. that. was tough. That is pretty fresh. All right. Funniest teammate you've played with? uh Kyle Quinn. Kyle oh! Cruz, oh! Okay. Foreign you know, pacer. pacer, exactly. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Really funny. Any Any examples of what kind of humor he's got? Like, is there a certain uh, certain style to him? Um,
1: it, it's no certain style. He will just come out the blue and just like you know he'll he'll <laughs> he'll, just, he'll just have you laughing. Like it's just sometimes how he acts, you know, he's he's a great you know funny guy. Blake's another guy. Blake is another guy that's really funny. Um, okay. he, he has like the dry humor, but like. He just he just he keeps keeps the locker room just you know laughing and having that. a good time. So yeah, both of them got for sure.
2: Nice, nice. Okay, uh, now we're gonna go on the other side of that spectrum. Who was the first opponent you got into with uh, via trash talk or a scuffle, and what happened?
1: Uh, I probably say Jimmy Butler. Uh, <laughs> He'll do that to he, you. Yep. He, he he was just trying to you know punk somebody, and you know I wasn't wouldn't, I wasn't wouldn't it, and he was talking. So you know it is what it is.
3: <laughs> hey, we, we definitely respect that. we we know Jimmy's known for, for testing people, so sounds like you passed. Uh I would say what's your go to pregame meal? Uh spaghetti with
1: uh, mushrooms and marinara sauce. I'm I'm a I'm a vegan if you if you uh okay. haven't asked around, but I am a vegan. So uh that that's my protein with the mushrooms on top of the spaghetti and uh and you know a little marinara sauce, so it's good. Okay.
2: I'm a mushroom guy. I like portobello's a lot. They're pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. What What's your favorite thing to do outside of basketball? Oh, uh, I'm a big golfer, avid
1: golfer. Uh, I prob- I'm probably like plus twelve to fifteen right now. I'm pretty, pretty, pretty okay. solid. I say I'm like uh, I'm up there. I'm, I'm killing the game and nothing like that. But you know, I'm solid. Yeah. Uh, um. And then uh, you know, I love. Uh, Creating shoes, I'm, I'm very, like, creative uh, from this perspective of, you know, working on my brand and, and whatnot. So that's that's really it. A philanthropist, um, I'm always in the community. Mm-hmm. I have my own foundation, Langston Galway Foundation. So I'm always mentoring the kids and helping out as much as I can with the, with the next generation. So I, I got a lot going on off the court. But just, just enjoying, 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 like I said, one day at a time.
3: That's awesome. It sounds like you got a lot of good stuff going on. But say uh, say the locker room gives you, you know, the, the keys to being the DJ. What are you playing in the locker room? Is there a go-to artist of yours? Uh, I am – I'm either – well,
1: so to kind of understand, I'm from Louisiana, uh, mm-hmm. but I have, like, some Philly ties. Uh, that's, like, my second home. So I'm either playing uh, Wayne, Boosie, okay. uh, um, Meek Mill, um, or I am playing uh young boy. So those are probably the, the, the four guys that I'm playing. And that I'm saying this is before the game. I'm not saying like I'm, yeah. I'm riding around listening to this. My my <laughs> R&B is like always on when I'm, when I'm when I'm riding around. But uh,
2: yeah, Boys to Men.
1: Um,
2: you a fan of them?
1: Yeah, yeah I, I I can listen to Boys to Men. Like just one <laughs> one or two songs. You know, I'm, I'm more like the the, the, the newer. R and B, you know, you got your know, Summer Walker, you got uh, her. Uh, I mean, you got you got a ton of like new R and B artists out there right now. So yeah, I'm, I'm right there in that in that realm right now.
2: I respect it. It's nice to hear somebody say something besides Drake because every time we have these young guys on, it's Drake, Drake, Drake. Yeah, everybody's
1: on Drake. Everybody's but... on the Drake, Drake players.
2: Yeah, so it's uh, we gave Tyrese a hard time about that too, and he started laughing. But uh, uh, another question here for you: Mount Rushmore of NBA shooting guards for you?
1: Um, I probably go from for me. You said for me, right? Yeah, you're top. You're Mount
2: Rushmore of NBA shooting guards. I'll
1: probably go Ray Allen. Um, I will go Joe Dumars. I would go Allen Iverson. Um, I would
3: go. I'm trying to think who else I would have in there. Um. Man, it's been- there's two names that stand out big time. I mean, you can make argument for three, oh,
1: but yeah, but I say you got yeah MJ and then uh you got oh, D Wade, Kobe. Kobe. Ah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go Kobe. Yeah, Kobe and Kobe MJ. Yeah, Kobe MJ. So, he, right
2: so who? you cutting off then? Someone's
1: gotta go. Uh, what do you mean? You, you have, have four. fire. Oh oh, oh, oh. I said D Wade. I said D Wade. Yeah, yeah.
2: No, you said Ray Allen. You said Allen Iverson. Joe, Joe Dumars. 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 And then Kobe, Kobe, and, and Mike. Kobe, and Mike. Okay. I was it. gonna say Joe Dumars is
1: not one you hear often
3: on that list. I know you got some because to the because I'm an old
1: school guy. I, I like all the older players. Like I, I watched them back in the day. And Joe Dumars actually the Louisiana guy. So I'm, I'm a, okay.
3: okay. Okay. All right. Well, there it is. There it is. I respect it. Then, <laughs> all right. if if you could have had any other career outside of being a basketball player, what would it have been? Um,
1: man. You know what? I probably would have been a football player to be honest with you. Being going up here, in Louisiana, like I, I was playing football up until I stopped playing uh, in, in high school. Really good wide receiver, uh, wide receiver, free safety. I would, I would go get interceptions left and right, touchdowns. Uh, you know, they throw the ball deep, I'm going to get it. Uh, so yeah, I probably either NFL or, uh, or you know, I would have been like. I'm big with like sports marketing communications, uh which were my two majors, uh double degree and uh I would have been something along those lines, uh, you know, in broadcasting or uh, you know, being able to be an agent of somebody like that along those lines management group. So
2: Yeah, I, I can see all that. I w- I was thinking I could see you being an agent as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Just uh just from your personality. But last question for us here on the rapid fire. What is the best advice that you have ever received?
1: Uh, best advice I've ever received, uh, I'll probably say, um, I'll probably say, um, sacrifice. Um, the more you sacrifice, the more you'll get out of it. So, uh, I I got that from a couple, a couple of different people have said that to me. Um, and, uh, and it's really paid off like, you know, being in the gym late night, getting my work in early in the morning. Um, you know, a lot of sacrifices is really, you know, Sustain my career, and uh, it's just to be nine years in this upcoming season, and um, uh, you know, being undrafted, hey, that's that's truly a blessing. So you know, I, I've passed, I passed a lot of guys that you know you would have thought they would been on, you know, been in the league still, and they're gone. So you know, I'm just taking it one day at a time and, and just continue to build, staying healthy, and uh, and just enjoy,
3: like I said, enjoying this journey absolutely i mean like said we got number one picks that have had shorter careers than you so by far so yeah. it just shows that that comes down to work ethic and with the amount of players that came back into the league last year due to covid or whatever situation it was i mean we saw guys that have been retired for years so someone like yeah. yourself staying ready i mean hey, what what you got going on right now is is continuing to pay off so awesome stuff but one thing just for our listeners right when we hopped on i saw right behind you in the background for those of you not watching on YouTube. Langston's got some awesome jerseys on the wall. Yeah. But the first one I saw that caught my eye, Miles Turner. Tell you us a little them. bit about the background on that jersey. I and mean, He's got Giannis on there, Blake Griffin, Tobias Harris, and I'm sure there's a bunch that I'm missing. One, yeah. can you tell our listeners that story about uh, Miles Turner? And two, what's maybe the coolest jersey uh, that you were able to get and hang up on the wall? Yeah.
1: yeah, I have a ton of jerseys, a ton that, that aren't even hung up yet. Um... Miles, so me and Miles actually go back uh, from rookie transition program, so really have a just you know real cordial relationship. Like we we used to go back and forth with a lot of different things. He had, had questions for because this was my second year rookie transition program. This was his first, and uh, he was just like you know, hey, what what can I expect? What can I learn from? You know, what do you, what do you do with you know your finances? This that, and the third, so. Uh, you know, it was, it was really cool to, to experience that uh, with him and, you know, learn. And, you know, you know it's crazy to say, you know, I was for a short time his teammate. So it was pretty cool to, you know, just it all, you know, full circle, full circle moment, uh, have Blake in the back. Like I said, played with Blake, great, great teammate, Tobias. Um, played with Giannis, the both are really, really great guys. Um I probably say the best one I had fight is uh Carmelo Anthony like, that was my that was my vet um my rookie rookie year second year um you know he was kind of like you know in my ear at all times helping me pushing me uh always looking for me on the court so I, I really really have a lot of you know a lot of respect for him and his career and you know what he's done and 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 what he continues to do with his son you know what what's what's next so uh yeah that's that's my guy that's my guy yeah I mean that and, was and, big. And, and, I, and I got a CP jersey too so that's, oh, that's yeah. my,
3: <laughs> the, you know, I mean, that that's definitely awesome. I believe you guys are teammates. Were you CP3 with uh, Phoenix? Was Phoenix, it? yep, yep, making it to the finals, yep, yep, Yeah, I mean, that's that's just awesome stuff. And you're also talking about Melo, you know, maybe a couple years removed from being scoring title, Mello. Yep. So it's like, you know, yep. this is Mello in his prime, and I've always right. been a big fan of him. Um, but as we wrap up, tell everybody what you got going on between your foundation, your sneaker brand, and where they can find you on social media. We want the, the down low on Langston Gallup.
1: Yeah. If you can find me, well, you can look for me, uh, Gallery 10 uh, IG, Twitter. I'm always on Twitter. So if you guys ever want to, you know, want me to respond, that's probably the best place to find me. Uh, Ethics, the brand on social media there, uh, Twitter, Instagram, same thing. Uh, I'm on YouTube, LG Kicks TV. I'm always gaming, uh, LG Kicks TV as well. So, uh, yeah, nah, I'm, I'm on there. So, uh, yeah. Stay, stay in tune, and, uh, yes, yeah, stay
3: blessed. This man is everywhere. You <laughs> heard it. I mean, he's got his hands in everything. I absolutely love it. Langston, I said it to you before you came on. I'm going to say it again. Once a Pacer, always a Pacer. I really appreciate you coming on today. Love to have you back on in the future, but I'm waiting, waiting to see you make that comeback on that next team because I know that you will be back.
1: Appreciate Thank you. Thank you, Mike, Alex. Appreciate you guys.
2: All right, Fauci. There we go. Langston Galloway making his setting the pace debut episode 500. A little bit lengthy, but hey, it is the 500. Indiana fans know all about the 500, the Indy 500. So, hey, we made it a special.
3: Absolutely. Look, Langston made a fan out of me. I might have to be subscribing to some Atlanta Hawks G League games because I want to see my man back in the league this year. So, awesome just a class act but P- plus but I just love when we can bring you guys the insight straight from the team and Langston was just an open book there was nothing that was off limits over here and I love one of my favorite parts the confidence he had when I asked if the Pacers are picking anyone you know to take a, a three-point shot at the end who are they picking and he said am I on that team or what and I was like whoa <laughs> that is the confidence you need to have in life
2: no it, it is and you know he's 30 years old, Fachi. So he's still young enough to get a chance to get in the NBA. He's a good three-point shooter. I thought he was a great veteran for this young team.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I thought he played well when he got in there in the game. And, you know, it, it was one of those things we knew was going to be between him and James Johnson. I felt like James always had the upper hand because previously played with Rick Carlisle, that kind of thing. But uh, And they they need wings. If they ever get into a situation, they need more of a wing than they do a guard. So understand that as well. But Really appreciate Langston taking the time to come on the show and chat with us. I thought he was a fantastic interview. Really enjoyed hearing what he had to say. But with that being said, Fachi, episode 500 is now officially in the books. But let the people know where they can find us at on social media.
3: Absolutely. So you can find us on Twitter at Setting the Pace 3. You can find Alex on Twitter at Alex Golden NBA. I can be found on Twitter at underscore FACCI. You can find us on Instagram at Pacers Talk. You can find us on Facebook Setting the Pace. You can find us on TikTok. At setting the pace, and Alex, tell them where they can check us out on YouTube.
2: You guys are want to go. Uh, you're going to want to get over to YouTube and subscribe to our channel because the Blue and Golden YouTube show has officially launched. I'll be doing a different episode that doesn't have any relation to setting the pace on there. Um, and we did a season preview with Kevin Bowen of 107.5 The Fan, so make sure you check that out. If you want to see our interview with and Galloway, that's going to be there as well. But You're going to need to know where to go. So type in Setting the Pace, a Pacers podcast, and you will find us. Subscribe, give us a like, let us know what you think about the videos, comment. We love hearing from you guys. But with that being said, episode 500 is now in the books. Focci, if you're excited for 500 episodes more and for us to have on Kristen Neri tomorrow, then say these three words. Let's go Pacers! Setting the pace, going to the top. Setting the pace, going to the top. This is your number one podcast.
1: Sweeping every team. We gonna need a mop. Smooth.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?